Chapter Six of the Big Time by Fritz Leiber. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Karen Savage. Chapter Six. Maiden, nymph, and mother are the eternal royal trinity of the island, and the goddess who was worshipped there in each of these aspects, as new moon, full moon, and old moon, is the sovereign deity. Graves. Crete, circa thirteen hundred B.C. Cabby pushed back at Sid some seconds of bread and olives, and when he raised his bushy eyebrows, gave him a curt nod that meant she knew what she was doing. She stood up, and sort of took a position. All the talk quieted down fast, even Bruce's and Lily's. Cabby's face and voice weren't strained now, but they weren't relaxed either. "'Woe to Spider! Woe to Cretan! Heavy is the news I bring you! I bear it bravely, like strong women. When we got the gun unlimbered, I heard seaweed fry and crackle. We three leapt behind the rock wall, saw our gun grow white as sunlight in a heat-ray of the serpents. Natch we feared we were outnumbered, and I called upon my caller." I don't know how she does it, but she does—in English, too. That is, when she figures she's got something important to report, and, maybe, she needs a little time to get ready. Beau claims that all the ancients fit their thoughts into measured lines as naturally as we pick a word that will do, but I'm not sure how good the Vicksburg language department is. Though why I should wonder about things like that when I've got Cabby spouting the stuff right in front of me, I don't know. But I didn't die there, kiddos. I still hope to hurt the Greek ships, maybe with the snake's own heat-gun. So I quick tried to outflank them. My two comrades crawled beside me. They are males, but they have courage. Soon we spied the ambush-setters. They were snakes, and they were many, filthily disguised as Cretans." There was an indignant murmur at this, for our cutthroat change-war has its code, the soldiers tell me. Being an entertainer, I don't have to say what I think. They had seen us when we saw them, Cabby swept on, and they loosed a killing volley. Heat and knife-rays stuck about us in a storm of wind and fire, and the Lunan lost a feeler, fighting for Crete's triple goddess. So we dodged behind a sand-hill, steered our flight back toward the water. It was awful what we saw there. Crete's brave ships, all sunk or sinking, blue sky sullied by their death-smoke. Once again the Greeks had licked us, aided by the filthy serpents. Round our wrecks their black ships scurried like black beetles, filth their diet. Yet this day they dine on heroes. On the quiet sunlit beach there I could feel a change-gale blowing, working changes deep inside me, aches and pains that were a stranger's. Half my memories were doubled, half my lifeline crooked and twisted, three new moles upon my sword-hand. Goddess! Goddess! triple goddess!" Her voice wavered, and Sid reached out a hand, but she straightened her back. "'Triple goddess! Give me courage to tell everything that happened!' We ran down into the water, hoping to escape by diving. We had hardly gotten under when the heat-rays hit above us, turning all the cool green surface to a roaring white inferno. But as I believe I told you, I was calling on my caller and the door now opened to us, deep below the deadly steam-clouds. We dived in like frightened minnows, and a lot of water with us. 
Off Chicago's Gold Coast, Dave once gave me a lesson in skin-diving, and, remembering it, I got a flash of Cabby's door in the dark depths. For a moment all was chaos. Then the door slammed shut behind us. We'd been picked up in time's nick by an express room of our spiders, sloshing two feet deep in water, much more cramped for space than this place. It was manned by a magician, an old coot named Benson Carter. He dispelled the water quickly and reported on his collar. We'd got dry, were feeling human. Illy here had shed his swimsuit when we looked at the maintainer. It was glowing, changing, melting, and when Benson Carter touched it he fell backward. Death was in him. Then the void began to darken, narrow, shrink, and close around us, so I called upon my caller, without wasting time, let me tell you. We can't say for sure what it was slowly squeezed that sweet express room, but we fear the dirty snakes have found a way to find our places and attack outside the cosmos. Found the spider-web that links us in the void's grey less than nothing. No murmur this time. This reaction was genuine. We'd been hit where we lived, and I could see everybody was scared as sick as I was. Except maybe Bruce and Lily, who were still holding hands and beaming gently. I decided they were the kind that love makes brave, which it doesn't do to me. It just gives me two people to worry about. "'I can see you dig our feelings,' Cabby continued. "'This thing scared the pants off of us. If we could have, we'd have even introverted the maintainer.' broken all the ties that bind us, chanced it incommunicado. But the little old maintainer was a seething red-hot puddle filled with bubbles big as handballs. We sat tight and watched the void close. I kept calling on my collar. I squeezed my eyes shut, but that made it easier to see the three of them with the void shutting down on them. Was ours still behaving? Yes, Bibby Miriam. Poetry or no poetry, it got me. Benson Carter, lying down, also thought the snakes had done it, and he knew that death was in him, so he whispered me his mission, giving me precise instructions how to press the seven death's hands, starting lock-side counterclockwise. One, three, five, six, two, four, seven. Then you have a half an hour. After you have pressed the seven, do not monkey with the buttons. Get out fast and don't stop moving. I wasn't getting this part, and I couldn't see that anyone else was, though Bruce was whispering to Lily. I remembered seeing skulls engraved on the bronze chest. I looked at Illy, and he nodded a tentacle, and spread two to say, I guessed, that yes, Benson Carter had said something like that, but no, Illy didn't know much about it. "'All these things and more,' he whispered, Cabby went on, with the last gasps of his life-force, telling all his secret orders. For he'd not been sent to get us. He was on a separate mission when he heard my S.O.S. Sid, it's you he was to contact, as the first leg of his mission. Pick up from you three black hussars, death's head demons, daring soldiers, then to wait until the places next match rhythm with the cosmos, matter of two mealtimes barely, and to tune in northern Egypt in the age of the last Caesar, in the year of Rome's swift downfall there to start an operation in a battle near a city named for Thrace's Alexander, there to change the course of battle, blow sky-high the stinking serpents, all their agents, all their zombies. 
Goddess, pardon. Now I savvy how you've guided my least footstep, when I thought you'd gone and left me for—for I flubbed your three-mole signal. We've found Sid's place. That's the first leg. And I see the three black hussars. And we've brought with us the weapon and the Parthian disguises, salvaged from the doomed express-room when your door appeared in time's nick, and the room around us closing spewed us through before it vanished with the corpse of Benson Carter. Triple goddess, draw the milk now from the womanhood I flaunt here, and inject the blackest hatred. Vengeance now upon the serpents, vengeance sweet in northern Egypt for your island Crete goddess, and a victory for the spiders. Goddess, goddess, we can swing it." The roar that made me try to stop my ears with my shoulders didn't come from Cabby. She'd spoken her piece. But from Sid. The dear boy was purple enough to make me want to remind him you can die of high blood pressure just as easy in the change world. "'Dump me with ops. Blood, I'll not endure it. Is this a battle-post? They'll be mounting operations from field hospitals next. Cabicia labris. Thou art mad to suggest it. And what's this prattle of locks, clocks, and death's hands, buttons, and monkeys? This brabble, this farrago, this hocus-pocus? And where's the weapon you prate of? In that whore-sun bronze casket, I suppose?" She nodded, looking blank, and almost a little shy, as poetic possession faded from her. Her answer came like its faltering last echo. It is nothing but a tiny tactical atomic bomb. End of chapter 6